This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, August 9th, and today we're going to be focusing in on some fantasy winners from NBA Free Agency. These are players who have seen a notable spike in value for any number of reasons after all the roster changes that have happened, plus some very quick early takeaways from NBA Summer League with some of the top picks in the draft in action. All of that and more is coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As we welcome in everyone listening on the podcast and watching live with us on YouTube, I'm joined by Steve Alexander. Steve, I do believe I detect at the very fringe of the screen, I think I can see the crest of a Nuggets logo. Oh, boom. There it is. Is this the famous Michael Porter Jr. Scherzy, not Scherzy? Yes, it's the, ah, very nice. Steve is modeling it for those watching on video. If you're listening, it is. it says Porter Jr. down the back in kind of sideways font straight down the back. Certainly not a traditional Scherzy, though. I think those days are over. How's it feeling, though? Are you Do you like the, is the quality good? Is the comfort there? Comfort's there, quality. It's a little thin thinner than i um was expecting but it's it's not it's not a bad thing i'm good with it are you a thick t-shirt guy are you like a give me a thick you want like a a hefty t-shirt are you a hefty t guy (laughs) uh yeah uh if it's cotton i want it to be hefty if it's you know if it's like a under armor fitted deal whatever then i don't care okay i want my t-shirts paper thin really and at risk of tearing at any time yeah no no thick collars, no thick tees for me. I want the, the thin T-shirt. I want it to feel like it's not even there. Wow, I that's that's wild because I'm not. I have some thin ones, and I'm not a huge fan of them. This one, this one, I would say is in the middle. It's medium. Okay, medium, medium. Noted. Well, it looks great, just for what it's worth. Hey, thanks, thanks, man. Hey, and thank you to Raf for you know a quick and timely 
quickly and timely uh, paid on his lost bet. So just great times all around. Really, really is. Really terrific. Okay, well, today we are going to be looking at some fantasy winners from NBA free agency. And I guess you could say these are some under the radar free agency winners. These are probably not the first names you think of, but uh, we did some combing through the depth charts on NBC Sports Edge. And these are some of the names that stood out. And I start, Steve, with Marcus Smart in Boston. I suppose this is more of an off-season winner than strictly free agency winner. But I look at the Celtics with Kemba Walker gone. I think Marcus Smart is set for a really nice year. And the temptation is to be like, you know, to think maybe he could go through the roof or something. But I ran the numbers last year and Smart played in 19 games without Kemba Walker, okay? In those games, he was around 13 points, three rebounds, six and a half assists, 1.7 steals, and 2.1 threes. So that's really solid. But my point here is, I don't know that Smart's ceiling is a whole lot higher than that. But given the fall off that we know is going to happen at point guard at some point in drafts, I feel like Smart is actually a very safe and solid option in the middle rounds. Steve, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would agree with you on that. Um, it looks like Boston's going to try to maybe turn Romeo Langford into a, a point guard, but okay, that also to me is some summer league hype that I'm not really diving all the way in with. Uh, as you know, Matt, I was a Peyton Pritchard guy last year. Yes, you were. Kind of like me, some some Peyton Pritchard. And, you know, now it's going to kind of open things up for him a little bit as well, not having Kemba there. And then Boston now has Josh Richardson, who struggled for Dallas last year to play some shooting guard. And I, I kind of feel like Marcus Smart, his best chance at success is that shooting guard. So I, I don't know how much Josh Richardson's going to hurt him there, but um, any way you slice it with, with the guard situation in Boston, Marcus Smart has got to be on the court a lot and have the ball in his hands a lot, which means he's going to do good fantasy stuff. Yeah, I, I think he's just a really high floor guy. I don't know if his ceiling is super high, but I'm excited about anyone who can get me that combo of steals, threes, and assists has my attention. So I like Smart and... And it's a little crowded, but, you know, I also have my eyes on Aaron Neesmith, a guy they drafted last year who had his moments. So he would be another guy. It's a little, you know, Josh Richardson's ahead of him, et cetera, probably. But I still have Neesmith on my radar as well, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because, you know, yesterday's summer league debut for Yam Madar was was big. Everybody was tweeting about Yam. Everybody was fired up about Yam. Romeo Langford played pretty well. People were kind of fired up about him. Then you've got Smart. You've got Pritchard. You still have Tremont Waters there. You still have Carson Edwards there. You've got Josh Richardson in the mix. You've got Neesmith. I mean, it's just a lot. There's a lot going on with that Boston backcourt. But, you know, again, I don't see how Marcus Smart does not outperform where you're going to draft him at. All right, next up, we, you know, who knows exactly what the New Orleans Pelicans are doing, but... We know that it presents an opportunity in fantasy. We've already talked about Devontae Graham's potential with Lonzo Ball gone, but wanted to take a minute to discuss a guy we only mentioned in passing last week, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who looks to be at the top of the depth chart at shooting guard there, Steve. Remember, Eric Bledsoe obviously gone as well. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had some injuries last year, but over his final 13 games, they're kind of spread out with a big injury gap in the middle, 17 points, four and a half boards, three dimes, 1.2 steals, 0.8 blocks and 2.83s. I mean, to me, this is exactly the kind of fantasy intrigue we're looking for. You hinted at it the other day. The secret is probably going to be out on this guy, but that will not stop us from talking about him. And I am officially excited about him. 
I am excited about him as well. I I actually brought him up the other day, I think. And you did. I feel like New Orleans wants him to break out this year and they are ready to sort of turn the shooting guard keys over to him. And I think we've all seen the flashes of brilliance that the kid has been able to show and flash. And um, I think it's come together this season. I, I think there is some danger of the hype train uh, getting a little too hot and heavy on him. And I could see, I could see him being overdrafted as a super sleeper type guy this fall. And I might be one of the people doing that. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I feel like last year you, you know, you had these guys you were high on. I feel like we can slot Nikhil Alexander Walker, maybe into that Chris Boucher slot for you. You know, you and Boucher kind of had a falling out, which is not Boucher's fault. I think you blame Nick nurse for that, but uh, I think that Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I could imagine being that guy on your list next year. He's going to be one of my guys. And now I just have to remain calm and hope that I don't overhype him. But that's sort of what I do. All right, well, so let's move on then. We'll stop talking about him now. We'll, we'll take a couple weeks off from Nikhil Alexander-Walker after this. How's that? <laughs> In LA, we know that Kawhi Leonard is planning to stay with the Clippers. We also know that he's out indefinitely coming off that torn ACL the Clippers recently complicated this picture just a little bit by bringing in Justice Winslow, if you are concerned about that sort of thing. But I still think our attention here turns to Terrence Mann. And remember, this is a guy who had that 39-point game in the playoffs for LA. Steve, I know you're excited about him. So I dug into the numbers a little bit, and here's what I turned up, okay? In games where Terrence Mann played 25 or more minutes, just 25 minutes in the regular season, there were 24 games where he played 25 minutes or more. By my count, he averaged around 12 points, six boards, three dimes, a steal, and a three. Again, that's in just 25 or more minutes. So we know there's a floor here, right? We know there's a floor for Terrence Mann. But my question for you, Steve, is do you think there's potentially a ceiling as well? Yeah. I mean, this whole Kawhi Leonard thing is no joke. I, I don't think he's going to play this season. And Justice Winslow is probably your age, maybe my age. I'm not really sure. I was going to say, let's play, let's play the how old. This is a great, great one for how old is he? How old is Justice Winslow, Steve? Like a 20, 28. I believe 25, but I'm double checking right now. I'm holding my phone away from the mic because it does not want to, they don't want to interact with each other. That is crazy. Justice Winslow, wait for it. I think I saw 25 on NBC Sports Edge. Let's assume that's true and continue on. Okay, well, he it feels like he's a lot older than that. And it feels like he's done. So I I just feel like this is Terrence Mann uh, 2.0 we're going to get this year. And he's going to have more confidence. He's going to have more experience coming in. Kawhi Leonard's not going to be around to buzzkill him. And I, I think Terrence Mann is going to have a good year. I don't know what his ceiling is, but... There is a ceiling there, and it's higher than it was last year. He had some moments, and and going through his game log, you started to see him, like his assists improved late in the year. So I think that's promising. He started to have some of his best assist games late in the season. He had some six assist games. He had a nine assist game in there. So I think that's the hope for him is that he became a bit more well-rounded as the season went on, and hopefully he can carry that over, Steve. Yeah, and... um I think it's all coming into place for Terrence Mann. I think he, I think he's going to be fun, uh, a fun guy to, to have this year. And then uh, they also have Nicholas Batum, who's going to get some of those small forward minutes. And Nick Nick Batum had a huge block against Luka Doncic and Slovenia to knock them out of the gold medal 
game when they had a one point lead driving or they were down one driving for a layup in ready to win the game. And Nick Batum made an incredible block in the Olympics. You're not bitter about it at all. I'm still kind of sad about it. I wouldn't say bitter. I'm just sad. <laughs> it's just bummed. We turn now to a team that did next to nothing in free agency. That would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, and my eyes, Steve, when I was looking at this team, went immediately to power forward on their depth chart because it is kind of a bunch of young, unestablished guys. And I, I look at Jaden McDaniels there. He was a full-time starter from late March to early May. I think we mentioned him on about 52 waiver wire podcasts in a two-month stretch. And there's about a 23-game stretch there where he showed off a pretty interesting fantasy skill set. During that stretch, when he was starting, 0.7 blocks, zero, oh, excuse me, 0 0.7 steals, 0 0.9 blocks, 1.53s. And per 36, per 36 minutes along those lines, as a rookie, he put up 0 0.8 steals, 1.4 blocks, 1.73s. He's still just 20 years old. His competition is some combo of Jared Vanderbilt, Wancho Hernan Gomez and maybe Torian Prince if they're going to use him at the four. So the opportunity looks actually excellent for Jaden McDaniel. Steve, do you believe that this guy could potentially capitalize on it? I do. And actually, for a team that didn't do anything in free agency and is always so bad, their roster is set up really nicely for fantasy because mm -hmm. Carl Anthony Towns is basically unchallenged at center. Should just ball out. Yep. Jared Vanderbilt and Wancho Hernan Gomez. I mean, come on. Jaden McDaniels should get all the minutes he can handle at power forward. Anthony Edwards, I believe, is going to set the league on fire this year. I, I think he's going to be really, really good. I think he's um, going to have a, the mentality to take over games you know, this season. And then you got D'Angelo Russell kind of all alone at point guard. So there's a lot to like about Minnesota as far as fantasy angles go. And I agree with you. And then you also have Malik Beasley at shooting guard, who was quite good last year when he was on the court. So it's really power forward is kind of the one murky area of that rotation. And yeah, it sounds like we both like Jaden McDaniels as a late round guy to target uh, and in hopes that he emerges. And and I don't want to I don't want to shortchange Jared Vanderbilt's potential in steals and blocks, because remember, that guy had some monster monster stat lines last year. But I still think McDaniels has the all-around potential to be, well, the potential to be a steals, blocks, and threes guy. So I would be hoping that he's the guy who emerges. And I, I would imagine Minnesota probably is too. I think we all thought it was going to be Jared Vanderbilt for a minute. Yes. We kind of jumped the gun and got a little overexcited about Jared Vanderbilt two or three different times last season. We did. And then it started to look like it was going to be Jaden McDaniels. And then it really, at times, it was Wancho. So, I mean, it's still kind of a mess. It still kind of makes me nervous um, what is happening there as far as power forward goes. But from what I've seen and what we've seen in the past 12 months, to me, Jaden McDaniels looks like the answer. And it's a guy you're going to be investing what? Like a pick right at the end of your draft. So it's not like you're, you have any concerns about cutting him if you, if you draft him and then it doesn't pan out. Yes, exactly. We mentioned Kemba Walker earlier. His departure from Oklahoma City is another clear sign, as if we needed it, that this team is not that serious about winning games this upcoming season. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities on this depth chart, Steve. Personally, my eyes go to the center position on this team. And Oklahoma City has added a veteran in Derek Favors, who is how old? My guy. Yeah, your guy. 47, somewhere in there. <laughs> Yeah, 28, 47, whatever. Uh, but 
there's not much else there. And I think the guy we got to keep our eyes on is Isaiah Roby. Per 36 minutes last year, 13.5 points, 8.6 rebounds, 2.7 dimes, 1.3 steals, 0.9 blocks, 0.83 is an extremely fantasy-friendly game. 23 years old. Remember when we talked to Adam Schefter on this podcast, which feels like it was about 11 years ago, he was high on Roby. It kind of happened in fits and starts. It never fully happened for him last season, but I still think the potential's there, and I think the depth chart is is very much in his favor. Are you buying an Isaiah Roby breakout, Steve? You know, I don't see what's going to stop it from happening uh, unless OKC just doesn't want to play play him heavy minutes because, I mean, they have no reason to play favors, big minutes. I mean, it's sort of like Al Horford there last year. I know, I know that Al Horford is older than uh, Derek Favors, but they, they remind me they're on the same career path tra- trajectory-wise, and so there's really no reason for Oklahoma City to mess with um, Derek Favors too much. And Mike Muscala, I don't think, needs to be messed with at center very much. So, I mean, Isaiah Roby is the future. Let the kid play. Hopefully, they just turn him loose this year and he goes crazy. Yeah, and, and again, another guy I would imagine is going to be there for you pretty late in drafts because I think he's just kind of flying under the radar a bit, like some of these other guys. And this next one, I think, would qualify as an even deeper cut than Jaden McDaniels or Isaiah Roby. DeMar DeRozan is gone from San Antonio. And I wonder, I ask myself, Steve, I don't think I have a definite yes on this one, but I ask myself, could this mean an opportunity for Devin Vassell? They drafted this guy 11th overall last season, and he did earn minutes as a rookie from Greg Popovich. And I think that's notable. He was part of the rotation. Per 36 minutes, he didn't blow you away, but around 12.6 rebounds, a steal and a half, 1.83s. Those numbers aren't going to aren't going to knock you over, but he's a steals and threes guy who could get a chance. Are you buying any of this, Steve? Am I buying any of this? I mean, when you look at the NBC Sports Edge NBA depth charts, Devin Vassell is on top of our depth chart at small forward right now. Yeah. Now, will that look like that on opening night? I don't know. Maybe. Um, they've got DeJounte Murray. They've got Derek White. They've got Vassal. They've got Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker could possibly start. Uh, we've got Keldon Johnson, a power forward right now. He could easily start at small forward. All true. But if Devin Vassal is starting for the Spurs, I, we know that he is a steel specialist. And that enough catches my attention at the end of my draft. So I mean, if he's, if he's going to play... 25 minutes for the Spurs, I'm in. I'll take him with my last pick. Uh, yeah, agreed there. And and I'm glad you mentioned Lonnie Walker because I do think that he could complicate that. I'm The reason I'm hoping it's Vassell, though, is because Walker's skill set just is not as intriguing as Vassell's when it comes to fantasy. Walker, per 36 minutes, did average 16 points per game, but just four boards, two and a half assists, less than a steal per game, less than half a block a game, and two and a half threes. So it's pretty much points and threes only with Walker. So... If he's the guy, he is. He's kind of off my fantasy radar, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take my chance with Vassell, as we said. And Keldon Johnson to me is very boring. Jakob Pertl, extremely boring. Thaddeus Young now with the Spurs instead of the Bulls. Good luck with that. I I just think Pop Pop has got a mess on his hands. I do love Dejounte Murray though. Pertl was pretty nice last year. He was pretty good. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, let's move to the Houston Rockets. For one thing, Kelly Olenek is gone to Detroit. The Rockets did add a couple of big guys. Well, now, Jalen Green we'll talk about in a minute, but I want to focus on the front court here. They added a couple of big guys in the draft in uh, Alperin Shangun and Usman Garuba, both of them first-rounders. But I think maybe, Steve, as I was looking at this depth chart, early in the season, I wonder if we could see a little bit of runway here for Jay Sean Tate. Jay Sean Tate had a low-level fantasy breakout last year. Per 36 minutes, put up 14 points per game, six and a half boards, three dimes, a steal and a half, a three-pointer per game. There were stretches where he was a guy you absolutely wanted in your lineup. I'm wondering, Steve, as, even though he was a rookie last year, as kind of the veteran guy, I wonder if he's the early season power forward of choice in Houston. Thoughts? I think he should be. I thought Jay Sean Tate played very well last season. Um, they've got Alfred Sengen, who they really like, but he's young and raw like I don't, I don't see him really impacting Tate's minutes they've got DJ Wilson I just he's just a, he's going to be a career backup Anthony Lamb you know decent player but I think Jay Sean is on a different level from all those guys and you know as it stands right now I'd be surprised if Jay Sean doesn't doesn't have another really good season and we have uh, KJ Martin slash Kenyon Martin Jr. listed as a small forward right now. He's another guy who could be in that power forward equation for Houston. And that's a guy I really want. I would love to see them give him consistent playing time. I mean, the question is, do they want to do that? It, it didn't always feel that way down the stretch last year. You know, his minutes seemed like they were up out of necessity almost more than them making him a priority. So I guess I question how how much they're all in on developing KJ Martin. I hope they are because I think he's an exciting player. Well, we really don't know much about the Rockets right now because they were basically a G League team last season. After the Harden debacle and after he went, everybody was hurt. And they were just, I mean, their summer league team has like seven or eight guys on it that played big minutes for the the Rockets last year, which you normally don't see that happen. Um, we've got Christian Wood at center. I'm I'm excited about him again. I hope he can stay healthy. I'm excited about Tate. Uh, I I don't want to take Tate early in a draft, but if he's, you know, like round nine, round 10, if Jay Sean is sitting there, I think he's, he's a good guy to target. Everybody's excited about Jalen green. 
uh, the rookie, he, he looked good. And, and your point about KJ Martin, um, they played him out of necessity last year. He showed signs of, of life and doing good things, but with Dan Wallhouse and Jalen Green, both competing for minutes at small forward, I think that's going to hurt KJ Martin. I think Jalen Green's going to play a lot uh, as a rookie. So, and then there's Kevin Porter Jr., who I am so excited to see what happens with him this year. I'm glad you mentioned that with Jay Sean Tate. I, don't, I definitely didn't want to represent that we were like excited to draft this guy in the middle rounds. Definitely another late round guy who does come with some risk, and you won't be worried about cutting him if it doesn't pan out as you think it does. So. You transitioned nicely, though, Steve, to Houston and their summer league team. And we did want to just quickly talk a few early summer, very early summer league takeaways. Houston had uh, some notable performances in summer league. You mentioned Jalen Green, the number two overall pick. He had 23 points, five rebounds, four threes, showing a nice jumper off the dribble and off the catch. This guy looks like he's ready to score in the league right away, Steve. And uh, yeah, I, I think probably I'm not going to get him in too many of my drafts but I think he's a guy who may have a little bit of a fantasy impact his first year. Uh, he's going to have a fantasy impact, I think. he's He seems mature to me. He seems ready to play uh, in the league. I think Houston's a good spot for him to be in because they don't, they're don't they lacking an identity, and they sort of, you know, he can be one of the faces of that franchise. And I, I don't know, like, how early do you think Jalen Green is going to go? Like, do you think he's going to – somebody's going to grab him in round five? I, I feel like round f- five or six is where people are going to start looking at him. Yeah, see, I mean, I was going to say seven, and that's still too early for me, which is why I don't think I'm going to get him. You know, five through seven, even eight. I Anything inside the top 100, I don't think I'm going to do it, you know? I think there's there's safer players who still have some ceiling that I would rather take. I don't mess with rookies, generally speaking. So I don't think I'm going to get him either. But I do think by the time summer league is over and by the time preseason rolls around, and I, I really think the Jalen Green hype machine is going to be in full force and effect. And I think I could see people taking him in round five or six. Because I feel like the good rookies every year, like, Somewhere between round four and round six is when people start plucking the top three guys. And I, I think he's going to be in that conversation as being a, a top three rookie. So, yeah, probably not going to have him. I, yeah, I don't think I am, but I do think I might consider trading for him at some point. You know, we, we saw Anthony Edwards struggle early last year and then really take off. Imagine if you had had the foresight to trade for Anthony Edwards in fantasy when he was struggling. That would have paid off big time. I could see Jalen Green kind of having a bit of a steep learning curve maybe at the start and and eventually figuring it out. So to me, he'd be like a second half guy I'd be targeting to take off. Yeah, and we talked about Anthony Edwards. We didn't talk about where he's going to get drafted. Where I, I think Anthony Edwards is going to be – I think if you want him, it's going to take – I think it's going to take round four. If not earlier, I was starting to think like – inside yeah we we haven't dived into adps yet but i i was starting to think like inside the top 36 maybe round three end of round three yeah maybe it's round three it's gonna be tough competition to get edwards on rosters so speaking of top picks in this past draft summer league debuts Cade cunningham made his summer league debut some good and bad things on display there 12.6 rebounds two steals two blocks two threes however he shot five for 17 with five turnovers 
I don't really concern myself too much with the percentages there. The turnovers I do take note of. His jumper looks really smooth. I'm not too worried about him as a shooter at the pro level. But again, Steve, I think it's a similar situation to Jalen Green, even a heightened situation. Ryan and I have talked about this where someone else is going to probably want Kate Cunningham before I'm willing to take him, certainly. Yeah, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that I'll, I'll be in the same boat as well. So I don't expect – I don't really expect to have any any rookies um, on most of my fantasy teams this year because I, I'm just not – good about pulling i'm I'm way better at pulling the trigger on a third year guy that i'm super excited about than a than a rookie that i'm mildly excited about well let's let's take your temperature on a second year guy teo maladon is playing summer league <laughs> he had 15 points i think five rebounds and 11 dimes in his summer league opener this is a this is a guy who you know, I said we mentioned Jaden McDaniels 52 times on our waiver podcast. If that's the case, then we mentioned Teo Maladon 152 times. We liked him last year. Possible we were just a year too early. So a pretty good opportunity, you'd think, again, for him in Oklahoma City, Steve. Are you going to target Maladon late in your drafts, do you think? Or have you given up? Did you say his summer league numbers that he had yesterday? I think 15, 5, and 11. So, I mean, yeah, it's summer league. It's whatever. They've got Josh Giddy, they've got Ty Jerome, uh, they've got SGA. There's a lot in the backcourt in Oklahoma City. They got Lou, Lou Dort, they got Svi, they've got Poku. Like, and we don't know, we don't know what I still don't really know what Oklahoma City's endgame is, other than collecting picks. The end game is chaos, I think, maybe. But yeah. They're just collecting draft picks and and drafting young, talented guys. And there's just no cohesiveness. Like, I don't even know what's going on. So, Theo Maladin, uh No, you know what? I, I think you raised a really good point a second ago. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think Josh Giddy is the key to this whole thing. I think that they they drafted Giddy so early, I'm talking myself out of Maladon just because you mentioned Giddy. And I think Giddy's going to be a guy they want to develop. And they did draft Giddy early. And they caught some heat for it. And I can see... Presty or whoever being like, okay, watch this. Exactly. We'll show you that we were right, and we're going to make Giddy a free, uh, you know, a minor league all star this year. So I, I could totally see that happening. I could totally see that happening, and I, I think also with SGA coming back on a vengeance, it just may be tough for Maladon to to do what we need him to do. I agree with that. I think Giddy is has the potential to be a immediate playmaking dynamo and complete percentage nightmare when it comes to fantasy. <laughs> well, that's that's what rookie rookie point guards do. So he's perfect. Yeah. What we were worried LaMelo Ball would be last year, I think is potentially what Josh Giddy is in terms of numbers this year. Yeah, LiAngelo Ball making some summer league racket. Yes, indeed. All right, well, I just have one more rookie I want to talk about. That would be Scotty Barnes for the Raptors. They took him fourth overall instead of Jalen Suggs in the draft. So obviously they love this guy. His summer league debut included 18 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block, and a three-pointer. I think he was one for four on threes and did shoot around like 27% on threes at the college level. So that's an ongoing question for him. But one thing that's not in doubt, just watching some of the video of this guy, he is going to be a menace on defense. He is a big mobile guy. And if the offense clicks at all, he's going to be interesting for fantasy. I think that is an ongoing question, though, how good he'll be offensively, 
However, the passing though, Steve, is impressive. I saw one play where he got a board and threw like a full court left-handed outlet pass for a layup. So he's interesting. He's an interesting prospect. I, I think he's still, Ryan and I kind of conclude he's off our radar for fantasy this year, but but uh, Toronto also knows what they're doing when it comes to forwards. So he is certainly a guy I'm watching. Yeah, and I mean, he can play shooting guard. He can play small forward. Does he impact Gary Trent at all? I think he might a little bit. Does he impact OG Ananobi a little bit? He might. Yeah, so Barnes is intriguing for sure. I'm sure we're going to be talking about him a lot throughout the season, especially waiver wire and, and whatnot. Um, but I'm probably not probably not going to draft Scotty Barnes. That's fair. Steve, anything from you before we uh, before we make ourselves scarce here? Uh, I don't think so. I think um, I think summer league is underway. Training camp's going to be here before you know it. The draft guide. We are going to try to have the draft guide out in about a month, and we got a lot of work to do. So season will be here before we know it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We will be back here on Friday with more on Summer League and to talk some fantasy losers in the aftermath of free agency. Thanks to everyone for listening on the podcast and for watching live on YouTube. Steve, thanks to you. We'll talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.